0: And now, it's Health Naturally, with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart.
1: Dennis, recently there's been a newspaper article, and over the years too, talking about growing resistance to antibiotics. Mm. And uh, it'd be nice to have your thoughts on that.
0: It's a very, very interesting topic, Jane. And uh, we'll look at the way in which complementary medicine can make a contribution, even in this modern world. To tackling this problem of growing uh, resistance to, uh, to antibiotic activity. We'll have a look at that.
1: Yes, growing resistance to antibiotics. Mm. Um, yeah. Look, there was, what, uh,
0: what triggered um, my thoughts today was an article that appeared in, in the newspapers during the week. Uh, one of the former premiers of Victoria, Mr. John Brumby, is um, spearheading an organisation, Victoria-based, looking at the dilemma that we now face, not only in Australia but in the world generally, of many infections now not responding to conventional antibiotics. It's a huge problem. The article was very, very warning as far as the dire consequences of this acceleration that's happening in infections not responding to antibiotics that we've used for... A long period of time and the search is on now and Brumby seems to be one of these good men who are leading the charge to look at uh, researching and looking for other ways of finding substances that could fill the gap that's already occurring and I thought to myself well there's a lot in what's called complementary medicine particularly herbal medicine that has already made a contribution in treating infection in the past and indeed there's emerging information now are supporting the role of herbs particularly um, some newer herbs in even addressing some levels of infection so I thought it's a useful topic to look at the way in which herbal medicine in a more sophisticated and better understood way Jane the, with with the chemistry of the herbs now being better known looking at the way in which they may play a part in helping people fight infection. Now this doesn't mean to say that they take the place of the antibiotic. What we're looking at here uh, is the way in which natural substances, and I call them natural drugs, whether they're herbal or whatever, natural drugs can in fact help people fight infections more competently and more importantly lessen the need for them to drift from one episode to another episode to another episode which always requires an antibiotic. I believe there's evidence in herbal medicine to support the genuine use of modern herbal-based drugs today in filling that gap uh, filling that gap participating if you like in the fight and lessening the individuals drift as I've said from one antibiotic episode to another there is a lot of things out there that can be used and one of the things that uh, one of the things that interested me when I was thinking about this is that We have forgotten, we have forgotten that in some of the older medical and pharmaceutical literature there are natural drugs there that were used prior to the modern advent of modern antibiotics. Uh, For instance, uh, urinary tract infections uh, around the time of the Second World War were treated with a natural drug called Buku a South African herb, borosma betulina is its botanical name, and it was defined in the British Pharmaceutical Codex, the way of prescribing it and taking it was documented there. I still use Boku. It still works well, particularly on what you might refer to as chronic, recurring urinary tract infections. And that that condition is is a, a nasty condition that many men, and particularly women, experience ongoingly, where antibiotics... Uh, seem to be the only thing and very frequently antibiotic intolerance begins to develop there's an example where i'm suggesting that in the older literature not just researching newer stuff but in the older literature there's a lot of evidence and a lot of approaches which i believe can be brought to bear in the modern attempted treatment of infections to help stop this drift towards antibiotic resistance
1: so they might mm. actually predispose the body to accept the antibiotics exactly. Look, and that's target a very
0: good way of, of, of looking at it i was thinking uh, driving down from the hunter this morning that one of the oldest and, and probably the, the best known herb in western herbal medicine is the north american herb known as echinacea angustifolia now people say echinacea it's a natural antibiotic It's not a natural antibiotic, but what it does is exactly what you said. It predisposes the body to a better ability to be able to participate in fighting infection frequently in combination with mainstream medication. And it's a remarkable substance which, if used properly, and you heard me emphasise the word properly there, if echinacea is used properly and not just an over-the-counter placebo And unfortunately, a lot of natural substances today are pushed around like lolly water uh, in forms that they were never meant to be prescribed in for conditions that were never meant to be treated by them. But a a herb like echinacea, when used properly and knowledgeably in the correct dosage and in the correct concentration, is a remarkable remedy to do what you've uh, stated there, predispose the body to a better ability to fight infection, particularly... And I emphasise this, particularly the sort of infection that I see all the time, that is infections that recur from one episode to another episode to another episode. good example, for instance, of that, Jane, would be bronchiectasis, a chronic respiratory infection that uh, is, is, is a difficult condition to treat and very strongly dependent on antibiotic therapy. I have two patients presently doing a world trip, one in Europe, and the other one, well, both of them in Europe, actually, who, due to finding freedom from one episode of that wretched condition to another with natural drugs spearheaded by echinacea, they would not have been able to do that had not that herb, in combination with others, become part of their anti-infection mechanism and treatment. And by the way, uh, both of those patients are being monitored, beautifully monitored, by top respiratory specialists and good GPs who just pat them on the back for the way in which they have responded to the application of sensible, and I emphasize the word, sensible complementary medicine using a herb particularly like echinacea and together with others that has motivated the body to be a little bit more competent in fighting that chronic Infection that hitherto has been treated episodically with antibiotics. Mm. So well, that's a, it's a fascinating area. That, um, and the good thing about it is it's not in competition with anything. I hate, I hate it when people think that uh, when we're talking about herbal medicine, we're talking about alternative medicine. We're not. We're talking about a system of medicine that can run hand in glove, if you like, with the mainstream to give the patient an option to be able to fight their problem more efficiently. And in the area of chronic infection, and I see a lot of that, my practice is built on chronic infection, I reckon that the herb has found its role in, in no other area better than this in chronic infection.
1: And Jenny's rung in from Newcastle. And your question, Jenny? Uh, yes, please,
2: Dennis. The spelling of what you mentioned
1: for UTI a yes. moment ago. Yes,
0: yes. Buku. B-U-S... B-U-C-H-U that, that, yep. that is its common name but you'll hear me talk frequently on this program about herbs also having a correct botanical name the botanical, yeah. the botanical name for Buku is, Baros, is Barosma betulina B-A-R-O-S-M-A now I emphasize that because frequently uh, a herb can have or many herbs can share a common name um, not so much with buku, but with many herbs. Uh, if, for instance, the herb burdock. There are numerous herbs called burdock, but there's yep. only one burdock that has the botanical name Arctium lappa. Now, with buku, you won't have that problem. But Berrosma betulina is its botanical name. And what you could do, g- get on the net. You'll be interested okay. to you will be interested to see uh, the confirmation yep. of everything that I have said today. Uh, pertaining to this remarkable, and I say remarkable South African herb, and it's always puzzled me as to why a herb like this that grows in fairly barren parts of South Africa and is is a fairly difficult herb to get these days, why it isn't being cultivated in countries like Australia. We are so far behind the eight ball. But look, I'll tell you something. I don't think uh, that I've used a better herb in treating chronic recurring urinary tract infections than buku, particularly, yeah. when, particularly when it's taken as a simple yeah. infusion. Now, what do I yeah. mean by that? I mean that the crude herb um, turned into a tea, if you like, and yeah. and taken, say, two or three times a day regularly. It's a pleasant tea. It's a very, 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 very nice aroma, which indicates, by the way, uh, the presence of what we call an essential oil. And that essential oil is the active principle or the active ingredient in the herb that has the antiseptic and bacteria-fighting capacity that the herb has. So uh, make up the, the, ideally make up the herb as a tea and uh, in some of the literature they talk about it being used for what's called irrigation therapy. That's a European term where the best result in fact arguably comes from using the herb as an infusion where it comes with a body of water which makes it easily assimilated, stimulates a little bit of kidney activity and has a remarkable antiseptic effect. If you're getting chronic UTIs and you haven't used Buku, you are missing out on something.
2: Well, it's actually not me, Dennis. It's my girlfriend. And I know that she's been back and back and back to the doctors and she's been having a terrible time with reoccurring, so... Yeah, I I just want to
0: pass this on to us. This this is where uh, the topic that we're talking about today is so important. What we're saying here is, in an era where antibiotic usage is now being worried about, but where there are no so-called other things to use, in this area, it's useful and almost mandatory that we become aware of the way in which many natural drugs, well-defined in the literature already, have an activity that is still not being used enough within the mainstream, but which can freak when he come in and break the cycle of antibiotic dependence and give this woman a bit of freedom from this wretched condition.
1: Yes, all the very best mm. with that. Thank you, Jenny, for your call. Um, Buku, B-U-C-H-U.
3: That's correct, <laughs> and, uh,
1: yeah. 49216216, mm. if you've got a question for Dennis, which Brian has rung to come in to us from Morpeth. Now, Brian, your question's about shingles
4: yes yes hello brian how are you
0: good good how can we help you
4: yeah. well my, my wife uh had shingles i call herpes or something mm-hmm. and the top left hand side of the head mm-hmm.
1: from the hairline line
4: down her eye underneath the floor mm-hmm. but uh, we had she's had it for about five weeks mm-hmm. in real agony apparently the first three days i understand you got to have some sort of a needle but after that there's no treatment uh, but now she's sitting around all day with an ice pack on her head. Trying to feel the coming out of it. Is yeah. there any treatment?
0: Yeah. Look, what, what your wife is experiencing is a very typical byproduct of what's called herpes zoster or shingles. Uh, it's, yeah. it, 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 is, it is known as post-herpatic neuralgia uh, and, it, and it can linger, unfortunately. The the sad part here is that it's affected your wife in a very vulnerable area because yeah. some of the over-the-counter things that are sometimes used to address this problem wouldn't be that applicable to use uh, facially or where your wife has these lesions, certainly not without uh, your uh, her doctor monitoring it but um, preparations like zostrix z-o-s-t-r-i-x is a preparation that's been around for a long time it has a reputation of benefit for treating herpes zoster but again you would need your doctor to give it the nod and to monitor it because it's in your wife's herpes is in a very very vulnerable area Um, outside of that there's not a lot that you can do. Your doctor may prescribe a medication to try to give, it, try to give us some pain relief. Um, uh, that can only go so far. I would suggest that what you do is talk to your pharmacist, your GP, about a Zostrix that I've mentioned. The, safe, okay. oh, the Z-O-X or Z O S T R I X. It's a well-known pharmacy product. The pharmacist could tell you about it. But again, get the pharmacist's advice. Uh, and get your doctor's advice. Don't use it without giving, let them letting them monitor it, because I'm concerned that where the lesions are, that some of it might spill over and uh, and, and affect the condition. The other thing that I'd suggest is, in order to promote what I would consider to be a likely speedier respo- uh, speedier response, is to get hold of uh, of a herb called astragalus. Right. And use it because it's considered to be a recovery remedy in Chinese herbal medicine and what that does it is it arguably supports your wife's immunology and leads and leads to a better adaptation of the condition and I believe a speedier resolution of any lingering viral activity
4: get that where any yeah
0: uh, look at your chemist health uh, food store it's a very popular preparation
1: and dennis stewart is taking your questions four nine two one six two one six. roz has rung that number from redhead and your question follows on about Buhoo, roz uh, yes um hi um thanks for um talking to me
3: um I've just been on a merry-go-round with yes. reoccurring UTIs, yes, and I yes. feel like I've tried everything. Yes, yes. I've just, this very morning, I've never heard of buku, um, and I've just, just this morning been to a, uh, uro- a urologist yes. who would like to put me on the Pessaries for the Vagifem because she's saying it's an estrogen deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, would that Boku help?
0: Look, I, I, in my opinion in my opinion there's no clash there. Um I consider what your doctors offering you there is 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 reasonable and medically sound therapy. Um what she's implicating is that uh, your perhaps lack of estrogen in your urogenital tissues may be predisposing to infection. I'd certainly go along with that. However, the use of buku tea in conjunction with that, in my opinion, it would, would not be contraindicated. Uh, th- this, okay. this, this is what I was trying to get over at the beginning of the program. Frequently in medicine, it's not an either-or situation. You can get the best of both worlds if you know what you're doing. Now, the, the problem here is uh, frequently when people seek uh, to self-medicate, just by purchasing stuff off the shelf, et cetera, that's not really done with a great deal of intelligence and sometimes can mess things up or not get a benefit. Um, in this particular case, uh, using buku is very safe for your chronic UTIs and certainly, in my opinion, not contraindicated by using that well-known uh, vaginal yeah. preparation. Yeah,
3: I'm more, I'm more worried about the the Vagifem being safe, actually, um, oh, I'm look, very look, yeah, concerned. But, it's taken a lot of... Mm, I'd rather mm, use natural mm. therapy, so... But, look, let me, um, let me, let me just... But I'm come, at the end of my tether.
0: Let me, let me just come in here and say um, um, our family, when I say our family, um, the female members of our family, and there are many of them, uh, some of them have used Vagifem very successfully. And I would have no reservations... In using it, well, I wouldn't need to use it. I wouldn't think, but I would yeah. have no problems in concurring right. with its use, particularly where your good GPs interpreted the okay. condition and you go right. along, and go with what okay. your GP and is was, saying. And
3: the book, here would certainly complement
0: it. Oh, look, it, it would, it. In my opinion, it would be a beautiful, harmless, and pleasant herbal tea yeah. to take yeah. across the day.
1: Right, right. Okay. Thank you very much for your call, Roz 49216216 mm. uh, for your question. We're getting some good questions. A lot, a lot of...
0: Um, I, th- I thought we might when we started talking about Booker because I think we've spoken about Booker on the program before and it, it highlights the way in which UTIs, particularly in women, uh, are really a, a very prominent condition and ex- experienced by many, many women who uh, are forlorn about their prognosis. And this is where I found buku. Usually, Jane, uh, in, in conjunction with cranberry, uh, and cranberry is probably better known than buku. Uh, cranberry is useful, it works quite differently to buku. Buku has what I referred to earlier as a well known essential oil in it. Now, when we're talking that language, we're talking about the scientific definition of the herb. In other words, in the past, Uh, traditional medicine made claims for herbs and rightly so but in modern times those claims are being increasingly validated by our understanding of what's called phytochemistry that is the chemistry of the herb what is in it and by locating that chemistry we can then uh, interpret the traditional benefit associated with the herb so with buku, buku has a very aromatic oil in it and as it's metabolised and excreted through the urinary system, it sets up a local antiseptic action on the, on the, on the membranes, whereas something like cranberry uh, contains a different chemistry altogether. And what can, uh, cranberry does, particularly with its particular bioflavonoidal substances, it in fact interferes with the lining of the urinary tract and lessens, therefore, the possibility of bacteria feeding on the urinary tract wall. So uh, a lady who's really wanting to get into this and maximise her options uh, should consider also uh, using some, say, cranberry, either in a a finished pharmaceutical form, such as a tablet, a capsule, or simply uh, cranberry juice that can be purchased from the health food store. That reinforced with Bookil, that's a pretty good way of managing chronic UTIs.
1: And uh, we are looking at fighting infection um, and any question you want to bring up, Mm. 49216216. And um, what about diet and lifestyle? Do they have a part to play?
0: They do. Look, everything that we uh, say on this program um, and have done for quite some time now is prefaced on the basis that without addressing um, diet and lifestyle, we're really not giving ourselves the maximum opportunity of health recovery. For instance, if a person is, is getting recurrent infections, does this say something about, in the elderly particularly, their lack of adequate protein? One of the things that worries me about elderly people is that there's not always an appreciation of the importance of first-class protein in order to support the immune response. So the diet needs to be looked at, good quality protein. And you know what worries me today, incredibly, Jane, is the way in which a lot of younger people are getting into dietary trips, as I call them, which in my opinion could be potentially quite devastating because many of these dietary trips are usually devoid of complete protein. And and, and sometimes it's difficult to get over to younger people that uh, their health profile, the cessation of their periods, uh, their infertility, might have something to do with the fact that they're on a diet that has played down the importance of good quality protein. So we need to look at that. Adequate exercise, uh, a body that's lazy and obese, uh, is usually a body that's going nowhere and has very little resistance to addressing infection uh, at, at multiple levels and usually you find with many people like that there's a lingering type 2 diabetes a high sugar level within the body which arguably also perhaps also lessens their ability to address infection properly even exposure to the sun getting vitamin d uh, that sort of thing is not access enough these days particularly again with elderly people who very frequently are stuck inside uh, watching the box um that sort of thing
1: you don't get a lot of vitamin d from that. i was that, going to say yeah. you
0: don't get a lot of vitamin d from that um <laughs> so they're they're important things that and even just supplementing supplementing your diet with a broad spectrum multivitamin and multimineral preparation you don't need to be taking massive supplements but when i was at university we did a course in lifestyle and one of the texts that we put we were used put forward the hypothesis that in a modern Western world, it's useful to have, if you like, a preparation that covers the gaps in diet and stress and these sorts of things. So, uh, go to your health food store, pharmacy, and just get a good quality multivitamin, multi-mineral preparation with a lot of vitamin C in it. Take that as a bit of a, a support for your diet, your lifestyle. a a new exercise
1: and Kathy you're from Maitland and you've got a question about sinus for Dennis
4: I do um nice to talk to you Dennis thank you Kathy um Dennis I've had chronic sinus infections really since I was a little girl I can tell and um can you hear it in my throat I
0: can indeed I can hear it in in your nasal passages
4: yeah and I Mm. have a um uh, constant nasal drip with yes, it and, yes, and the cough.
0: Yes, yes, now, yes. I've
4: been on antibiotics yes. and I can probably guess for yeah. years and years and I years. Do. I do, yeah. I do have another illness yes. which is called smouldering myeloma.
0: Okay, yes, okay.
4: And um, I was just wondering whether... There is something natural that I can take because I have been told I can't have any antibiotics.
0: Okay. Look, it's interesting you should ring because, again, in, in my opinion, a sinus, an upper respiratory tract infection, is a condition that in very many cases responds beautifully to what we've been talking about today. In fact, it's interesting. Yesterday in practice, I discharged a young lady um, uh, uh, who has uh, had chronic uh, sinusitis basically all of her life and her parting comments to me as we as i discharged her, re, her condition resolved for the first time in years was that this was the first time that she had been free of sinusitis for any significant length of time and the the dear lady was almost in tears so i know what i'm talking yeah. about here i know what i'm talking about here uh, in fact years ago one of my uh one of my uh, uh graduates Uh, Dear Robin Kirby who actually became the first female president of the National Herbalist Association of Australia Uh, she uh, wrote a book uh, based on on my treatment uh, strictly pertaining to sinusitis and uh, I have a copy of her book her formula is pretty well the formula that I use and it just jolted my memory I have in fact a photograph of Robin Kirby uh, at home that I have yet to hang in my rooms at New Lambton she was such a prominent lady who came out of school teaching uh, in her 40s became a brilliant herbalist and became very good uh, managing sinus based on the herbs that uh, she learned from me in her studies Uh, uh, so it's very responsive, I I can't say too much but I'll give you uh, some leads You, you need to work with a group of liquid herbs the best treatment comes from using a combination of liquid herbs which incorporate the, the herb that i said this morning particularly echinacea and also it's echinacea, uh, its echinacea and it's oh, am, yes. and it's american companion uh, the american herb known as golden seal botanically known as Hydrastus canadensis those two herbs uh, spearhead if you like
4: golden
0: seal yeah, golden seal is the common name of the american herb that's frequently combined with echinacea angustifolia to form a very good assault on upper respiratory tract infections. A liquid combination incorporating those two is pretty well mandatory, but also, uh, you would have heard me say this on programs before, the role of what are called bioflavonoids in managing upper respiratory tract conditions is very, very, very important. And it's so important in my treatment that my antibiotic combination reinforces by liquid formulation, and that is the treatment Uh, that i found so useful. So with sinusitis, um, it is one of the better conditions to treat uh, using my approach. And I'll be honest and say, not all conditions respond as well as other conditions, but the respiratory system, the respiratory system, upper and lower, and we spoke momentarily ago about bronchiectasis. Well, that's the other
4: condition that I was going to talk to you about what I have, and well, that is yeah, a constant yeah. cough with yeah, well,
0: it. That's correct, I know a lot about it. The, the thing there is that Echinacea again with Golden Seal and a combination of other herbs relative to the to the lower respiratory system have, <coughs> got, have got two of my elderly patients doing a European trip which they would not have dared do this time last year due to the activity of their bronchiectasis.
4: Yeah, it's... it's um It takes up your
0: quality of life. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Like
4: and the
0: pain. And this is this is this is where I think um, that um, there is a role to use these things, particularly when you have excellent GPS and excellent respiratory specialists, which we have in this town, who understand the potential benefit of sensible. And you hear the word again over and over. Sensible herbal medicine that can be prescribed alongside of or in some cases uh, as an alternative because the patient may well have become unresponsive to antibiotic therapy and in desperation as reaching out for something like a natural drug and, and that's where it works particularly well.
1: Thank you for your call, Kathy, And we will go to Phyllis now, who's rung from Lemon Tree Passage. And again, your question is about herbs and infections.
2: Yeah, um Dennis. Hello, I, Phyllis. I'm
0: well indeed. Um,
2: look, my que- my question was actually not a question. You're discussing um, the possibilities of, of complementary uh, herbs with creating and in- healing infections. Yes. Um, mine is just a story. It's, um yes. I have a dog that c- contracted a, a very very serious uh, sap infection. Yes. Uh, with the possibility of losing his leg. Yes. And so I did a little bit of research and was able to come up with a combination of um, different herbs to actually topically and orally heal him yes. um, to the point where he, his leg has been saved.
0: Well done. Well done.
2: Yes, I was just, I was just, you know, I mean people sort of think, um, you're talking uh, a lot of things, up of respiratory things, yes. mine is purely just saying yes more than often you can heal these things in the most amazing ways. This dog's leg was horrendous yeah. and I have been able to um, give him back his leg and um, it was all done with a combination of herbs topically, orally. Uh, I'm very, very happy with what I've been able to do.
0: Has, you, has your vet worked with you?
2: Oh yes, most good, definitely, good, good, yes. Good. Um, I, yes. i f- no, I found,
0: uh, I found uh, veterinary people so interested in, in, in medicine, homeopathic and herbal. In fact, one of my best students in Melbourne was a a veterinary surgeon who attended my postgraduate program down there at Ormond College many years ago. And he was so impressed with the potential of herbs to be appended to his veterinary practice that he actually wrote an article for the veterinary journal extolling the virtues of herbal medicine being used in veterinary practice. So I, I'm, I'm a great... Uh, how can I call it uh, a great fan of vets because they seem to be very open to a sensible usage of of complementary medicine herbal medicine and you're a typical example of that what were some of the herbs that, that you used orally well uh,
2: orally I, I researched it and I, because it was such a serious yeah, yeah, bacterial yeah, infection yeah. I used cordyceps mushroom ah oh, yes um, a product called activiral which had olive leaf in it yes and also the echinacea. Yes. Um, and also um, colloidal silver and propolis
0: honey. Ah, look, I understand all of that. No wonder you did so well. You should, oh,
2: thank you very you, much. You, you <laughs> should,
0: you should, you should go to university and study veterinary science. I think
2: so. I'm just very happy I was able to um, to have such a great outcome yeah, wonderful.
1: because um, yeah. that it
2: was horrendous.
0: Well done. Horrendous. Well done. I'm so Thank pleased. You.
1: It's a lovely story. Yeah, a Thank you story, for sharing it with good us, Phyllis. Well, just in uh, the last couple of minutes, so uh, Dennis, um, would you like to just tell us about maybe another example?
0: Of oh, look, seeing that dear lady was talking there about a, a nasty staph infection that she treated orally and topically, um, I was hoping that she might have mentioned uh, the way in which particularly serious uh, staph infections. Uh, wound infections are being seen now to be very responsive in many cases to the topical application of honey now we were speaking about this before the program but the Australian jelly bush honey which is known as Australian Manuka or the New Zealand Manuka honey contain a fraction in them that is very very high in its content and separates them from if you like ordinary honey and that is why when they use topically they have a remarkable effect on addressing infection and cleaning up the wound and promoting healing. And I saw this with my own dear mother where her leg was literally ripped open and the use of honey there was actually monitored by uh, the, 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 the the doctor that was looking after her and it resolved beautifully. And I have seen many of my patients in practice with nasty leg ulcers, uh, infected that are on antibiotics that is not going very far the moment they've started to use honey of the correct nature and usually honey with a bit of cod liver oil and allantoin in it as an ointment preparation the remarks are wonderful I worry a little bit though Jane in as much that this information which I think is there and so well formulated doesn't seem I could be wrong but it doesn't seem to be filtering through and being used enough
1: hmm Fingers crossed it does, and that's Health Naturally mm. for good today. Program. Good program. Excellent. Yeah, and we're program. back next uh, Friday. After the midday news, Dennis Stewart will be here again.